Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 639 with our review of Run. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a streaming platform near you. Um, this week, we are talking about a film coming to Hulu, and that is this uh, film, Run. Uh, Stephen, I feel like we have not watched a movie in like a month. <laughs> it's been a while, yeah. Uh, listeners may not know that maybe you thought we were just slowly talking about movies from toronto and new york film festival (laughs) months after they happened but we actually haven't sat down to record in quite a while i think yeah and it it definitely like i i know that there's a few things that you have you have watched um like there was like an indie film that you checked out um from some service um and i'm sure you're watching some other things but i think i have not even watched a movie at all (laughs) in about a month mm. which which made it very very weird to sit down like literally a few hours ago to watch this before we could record and just go like oh my god i'm watching a movie again what what happened to the last several weeks yeah no i've i've watched a few like i've over the weekends especially i've been watching older movies that i felt like were blind spots to me um but I am still in like quarantine mode in terms of focus. Like a big selling point for me is if the movie is under two hours. Like if I see a movie and it's <laughs> over two hours, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to watch that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, It's just impossible. How could I possibly pay attention for that long? Um, and it's a real problem. But yeah, if, if it's like a good movie where you're in and out in like a hundred minutes or something, I'm, I'm there for it still. It's like a TV show. Like, you know, it's like an episode of House. Yeah. Oh, I, I have definitely watched a lot of television, though. That is the one thing that usually usually we're pr- prioritizing films. Um, but I have like caught up on like Star Trek and a bunch of a bunch of other space things. Um, and yeah, so it's not, so I did I did watch something. So there is something that I've been able to watch and project onto screens and stuff like that. So it, I'm not I'm not completely separated from from the watching before. But it was weird to not record a new episode from this podcast. Um, this is technically the first this is the first recording since i've upgraded operating systems <laughs> so, oh boy <laughs> so we'll see how everything goes <laughs> yeah uh christopher was just prescribed a new operating system a few days ago so if he's acting a little strange then that's probably <laughs> why pay, pay no attention to it oh uh, yes um but yeah this is sort of a last minute entry for this week we didn't want to push it off too much longer before we got into like the slew of things that are going to be coming out next month um but yeah what do you say we get started steven let's do it all right we're going to take a listen to the trailer for run and then we're going to come back and give you a review am i a burden What? Hey, what is going on? You do everything for me. It's not fair. I'm your mom. It's my job to take care of you when you need me. this right now but 
I am doing what I know is best for you. I know that I've scared you. But I will spend every minute of our lives making sure you never feel that way again. I'm your mom. All right, so that was the trailer for Run. Um, it is basically about a, a young woman who uh, life has dealt her not so great of cards. Um, she is, you know, she's bound to a wheelchair. She has diabetes. She has asthma. Um, she has something else that I don't remember the condition, but basically she gets like rashes and hives all over her whole body. And uh, basically her mother has had to like provide an extreme amount of care for her to take care of her over the years. Um, and now this girl is getting ready to potentially go off to college. Um, and uh, the mother maybe wants her to stick around longer <laughs> than the daughter is intending to. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, Stephen Miller, what did you think of the film Run? Um, well, so I should probably mention, uh, I think I already told you before that I've been waking up super early and this one I watched at like five something in the morning. Like I know I, when the movie finished, it wasn't seven yet. So it was definitely an early morning, uh, view for me. And so that puts you in a kind of like weird headspace. Like I, I, I had a cup of coffee and I was just like settling in for a thriller, you know, my first new movie in a while. Um, and I thought it was pretty good I, I don't know that like like that's as good as i can say like it reminded me a lot of the movie greta that we reviewed two years ago um where greta was uh uh isabelle hubert and i i forget i forget the younger actress was it chloe grace moretz who was in it i, I think I so it, it's basically like they you know the pair of, like an older actress who is known for doing kind of like extreme work and a younger actress and just like do like a taut thriller where everything is going to be telegraphed in the first like 10 minutes of the movie. And you're just going to be like, okay, I know what I'm getting into. I'm just going to watch them do their thing. And hopefully they will be good enough to pull it off. Um, and I think this movie delivers on that. Like I think Sarah Pauly, or sorry, Sarah Paulson is, uh, is great at what she has to do here, even though again, you know what she has to do within the first like five minutes of this movie. I didn't see a trailer and I immediately knew like, Oh, this is everything that is going to happen in this movie. Like <laughs> it doesn't take long. You just kind of have to look at her, right? Glass was another touch point actually. Like she, uh, she's got a history of doing this to people. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I also thought the, uh, the daughter, the actress who played the daughter was really good. Um, she kind of has to carry most of the movie, Kira Allen. Uh, so this was directed by the person who did Searching. Um, and I think I can see the similarities in that they're both like confined thrillers where it's like almost like Blumhouse style where it's like, let's just, you know, stick to one or two locations, have like a taut thriller that is more about the human element than anything else and see if like through our constraints we can make, you know, a place be thrilling or scary even without having a whole lot happening. Um the difference, I think, between this and Searching is in Searching, it is taking you on a journey, right? Like, where you think you are 
10 minutes into the movie versus an hour and 10 minutes into the movie is like a zigzag in searching. Whereas this movie, it kind of just calls a shot and then does it. Like it doesn't really deviate in any significant way. Um, And that isn't a problem. Like it kind of made it a comfortable thriller for me. Like I I enjoyed watching it, even though I knew what it was doing. Um, But it also didn't make it reach any major high points for me either. I, I also have a personal thing where I hate people having asthma attacks in movies i just immediately get like sympathy asthma attacks um <laughs> so that was not my favorite thing to happen in this movie you don't just get sympathy a- asthma attacks you you have asthma as a condition yeah, so yeah exactly it's, yeah it's it's more triggering than like you as a non-asthmatic having a, a like sympathy asthmatic attacks Exactly. And yeah. I thought after the lie, like I was done this year with sympathy <laughs> asthma attacks, but just when I think I'm out, they pull me back in. Um, but, but yeah, I, I don't know. It, 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 there isn't too much for me to say about this movie in broad strokes. It's like a, it does what it does well. Like I was totally in for the 90 minutes. I like, I wasn't, you know, wishing I were doing something else. I wasn't feeling like bored or anything like that. But I also, I wasn't, completely gripped by it either because i was like i know what you're doing you told me what you're doing and now i'm just watching you execute on what you told me you were going to do so it felt almost more like a sports movie where you're just like watching them pull off the trick rather than like (laughs) trying to be surprised by anything Um, yeah yeah so yeah i don't know and i never want to be a mailman (laughs) (laughs) yep (laughs) i mean there's probably lots of reasons why you wouldn't want to be a mailman in general, but I mean, this film definitely doesn't sell you on it. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. So, I mean, to kind of touch on some of the points that you've already made, um, I talked about this a little bit in when, when we were, I mean, you brought up the Blumhouse films and we just reviewed four of them. The last four numbered episodes uh, were all Blumhouse films. And I think in the, in, in one of those episodes, I was talking about how when you're watching a film like this, if the trailer has sold you on any kind of regular film, because it sits in the Blumhouse universe, you're waiting for a turn to happen and you're just sort of like writing it out until that happens and then it's going to go crazy at the end. And I think that this film, it's it's not exactly the same thing because it's not like an, an anthology of films where the twist is always happening, but the premise of the film is the twist, right? Like the elevator pitch for this film is, hey, what if uh, the mom didn't want you to leave? <laughs> what 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 might she do to prevent you from leaving and it's it's really putting it puts all its cards out on the table before the film even starts like just from the the premise of what it's trying to sell you on and i think that this film you know as you said it kind of does that um and i think the success and or failure of this film comes from how well it does it and how much it draws out the the suspicion that something could be wrong and how the characters find out what what is wrong. I think the beginning of this film is pretty great. Like you know, you know, it starts with a you know sort of a montage of the daily routine of the daughter and how she. Um, first of all, I should back all the way up to the title, uh, like the, the the cards that come up at the beginning of this film before it starts, um, where it lists the four elements she has, and then the last one is like something about preventing people from like uh, walking or. Like it can stop you from like walk or run or something like that. And at the end, all the, all the text fades out except for the word run at the end. 
I was like, all right, that was kind of fun. See, I thought that was really cool, except for they clearly wrote the sentence only so it could do that, because the medical definition of paralysis cannot possibly be, like, unable to feel, move, walk, or run. Like, I think you covered that with feel and move, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, it, but it, was, it was still cool. I was, I was like, I got it for you. Like, yeah, no, it was, it, was a cool, it was a cool enough effect that I rewound to check, like, what the sentence was, and then I was like... Okay, that's kind of like you just rhymed a word with itself. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not quite as impressed now. But in a theater, that would look great, right? Oh yeah, big ass, like 500 foot tall, run just on the screen. <laughs> but anyways, in more seriousness, um, you know, like you you watch her daily routine, you're like, oh man, it must be tough to be her, and you watch the mother like, you know, making her breakfast and doing all this stuff and taking care of her and helping her do her stretches and stuff like that, and you're kind of like, cool, a nice mother daughter single mother situation and. Um, everything's cool and like you know you're kind of on board with that so you start to see you you're waiting to see where the suspicion starts to creep in and i think this film kind of goes there almost immediately <laughs> yeah like pretty much right from the start she's like huh what's with this new pill situation like there's no there's no catching her out of the corner of the eye doing something weird there's no like it's just her looking at a medicine vial and going like huh that's weird. And then now there's questions arise. And I think that this film, the way she goes about trying to investigate the truth of what's going on, honestly, I thought was kind of stupid. <laughs> like the, there, there's like a literal journey she has to go on to try to achieve those, um, the, the bits of information. And I thought it was a little excessive and kind of, you know, stretch credulity. I like, I just wasn't really buying it, but I think, taking for granted that she has to find out somewhere and letting her find out. I think the, what happens when she knows and when the mother starts to suspect that she knows, I think that like that part of this film is actually pretty interesting. Like, like that, yeah. that dynamic of somebody who was bound to a wheelchair stuck in a home where somebody else is trying to keep them there. It's sort of like, what if misery, but he was able to get out of bed. <laughs> Right? You know what I mean? Um, and, and, and I think that this film is successful from that standpoint. I think, I think showing the experience of this girl and how she goes about trying to navigate her world was interesting. I think that the film sort of stretches it all out a little too long. Like this almost would have played better as an anthology show where this is one of the episodes in that show and it could be a little bit shorter. Because so I think while, while this film built tension very, very well, it, it couldn't continually raise the stakes of that tension in a way that was allowing me to keep gradually increasing it was kind of like i got a baseline which was pretty good high level like there's scenes earlier on where it's like there's no stakes yet she's just trying to get the mail before her mom does and like that builds dread like successfully yep. you're like, like oh man this is like so intense <laughs> and it's just her trying to get the mail right um but i think as the film goes on it it, it kind of fails to keep me peaked and keep all the adrenaline going and i sort of started to taper off after a while and i was just trying to see where uh the film wanted to go and i think that this film's biggest misfire for me is it, it decides to try to explain the mother's motivations mm -hmm. and i think that the mother's motivations are they're there. The mother loves her daughter and doesn't want her to leave. Right. That that's all you need. Like, it, right, it, it should be, isn't it, it? It's called like Munchausen's by proxy, right? Like, like I feel like other movies have already even addressed this dynamic before. Like, like you don't need a backstory to it. 
Yeah, and I think that this film would be a much better film if that's all it did. Like, hey, the mother just doesn't want her to go and now deal with it. But instead, it creates a whole backstory for both characters <laughs> and does it in a way that to me just introduced so many questions that I could no longer take the film seriously. <laughs> Where I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. So this whole time... <laughs> Like, you know, it, it just it just it, it, it made me question the reality of this whole story in a way that like I didn't I would have never asked those questions had they not tried to give me a backstory. So, you know, I, I think the film is good at what it does. It's bad at the story it's trying to tell, but it, it's good at presenting the environment um, the way it did. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think I agree with that. I didn't mind the backstory parts at all. I think the only part that I really found cheesy is, the, and, and this happens with lots of these thrillers, especially these like low budge type ones where they have to rely on one or two actors doing all the healthy lifting, is you, you could say at a high level, there's one, I would say two big discoveries she makes in this movie, one of which is basically told to you immediately and the other one is delved out much later um they drag that out on like her face reacting to things into like 18 different discovery moments where like she's like staring <laughs> at something like no no and um and at a certain point it's like girl i think you do that already <laughs> we're further we're further along now like you don't need to you don't need to go back and be shocked that your mom lied to you yeah <laughs> um, yeah and and that's just one of those things where whatever, like I get why they're doing it. I and maybe a seventeen year old would behave that way too, but it just uh, it, it felt kind of like parts of this movie were maybe shot in a different order, and they just like changed it in the editing room because they wanted to like divvy out the reveals in a more like even way throughout the runtime. I don't, I don't know. That that was kind of funny to me. I did yeah. enjoy though. There is a. Did we say we were gonna do? We should do like a tiny spoiler section just so I can get into a couple parts that I, I liked. Yeah, um, yeah, we can we can do that. Yeah, so I won't I won't go into it now. All right, <laughs> but I liked some parts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, do you have anything left to talk about that that's non spoilery? No, even my joke is spoilery. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I want to say I think when when we decided to watch this you pointed out that it had like a 90 something on rotten tomatoes and like yeah like i get it i guess because i think it would be hard to like actively dislike this movie but it does feel like it breaks the tomato tomato tomatometer <laughs> because i also can't imagine anyone giving this like an incredibly high score it kind of feels like the movie where everybody was just like yeah yeah, sure. Okay. That was, you know, that was pretty good. Like, I, I feel like it. this should not be in the same ballpark as Love and Monsters, and Rotten Tomatoes puts it in the same ballpark, and I kind of resent that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this definitely doesn't have the heart of Love and Monsters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I... I, I, I you know, just try... I, like, I, I didn't read any of the reviews. I just saw, like, the score itself. And I think it has slipped a little bit since I had sent you that text on... Friday or Saturday like I think it went from mm. 95 to 93 or something um, I could be messing with all those numbers in my head um, but you know I, I I do get it it is a it is a premise that does a lot of heavy lifting on its own and I think just 
just executing on that premise gets you pretty far along the way. But yeah, it's not it's not the type of film where I'm like, damn, did you guys see Run? You got you got to run out and see this right now. Um, uh, but I mean, I, I, there there are a lot of positives in what it's trying to do. And like I said, the film did put me on edge. It just failed to be able to to elevate itself longer. You know, like like even even a crappy horror film will try to give you a jump scare every ten minutes to make sure you're still like you're always like on 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 edge uh, waiting. Or it'll do like the the trick where it's like clearly a jump scare is going to happen and then it doesn't and there's no resolve and now yeah. you're like more irritated that you didn't get jump scared um you know like that's just a thing that films do i don't remember exactly my point <laughs> yeah well like i feel like you were going to say that this doesn't divvy out enough to keep you on the edge the whole time and i actually thought the pacing of this was pretty well like i feel like there's a uh, set piece is too big a word but there's a something every like 10 or 15 minutes i feel like that that keeps you in the the thriller pace Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's there. I just I just think that like at some point, it can't get more like mentally horrific, right? Like you you've exceeded mm-hmm. all. It, it can't get worse, right? It's not like oh my god, now there's an even bigger creature, right? Those were only the babies, right? It's not like that sort of thing where it's like oh shit. Um, it's kind of just yeah, like I, I do think Greta has an edge on it on on that. Greta managed to save like some things for the end that are like oh shit, okay, yeah, yeah. this is this is going off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah what, what do you say steven uh we we get into verdicts so that we can transition over into a little spoiler territory uh, uh we should but i i did want to reveal some research i just did because one thing i was going to say was i felt like the lead actress uh kira allen was like very good at acting like a person who is like has to use a wheelchair like who acting like a person who is you know going through all those motions and it turns out she is disabled in real life so that's kind of cool like kind of flipping it on its head because of not to spoil some of the things in the movie even though again i think the premise already tells you a lot about it but there is some acting in the other direction that has to be done here which is kind of interesting to think about yeah (laughs) yeah. anyway cool uh well uh we're going to transition into our verdicts now so stephen miller if you're going to give us a must see record with a caveat wait for until pass with a caveat or a must avoid what would you give it uh i i gotta give it a rental it's like a positive rental i like hey rent it it's fun you know wake up way too early and watch it and then go do something else um i just i I didn't think it amounted to a whole lot especially compared to searching which was a movie that you canonically loved um i even searching i thought was like good but i thought like the premise was just kind of limiting in what it could do and this i feel like has the same limits and it doesn't have the heart or the any like extra oomph to kind of push it over for me so it's just a it's fun like i prefer this to most of the blumhouse movies we watched for instance i feel like it, it's tighter and it feels a little bit less scrappy uh to good effect but i also wouldn't like go out of my way to tell someone to like go in a theater if this were actually playing in real theaters um but yeah you're at home why the fuck not rent it it's thanksgiving <laughs> uh and everybody can be thankful for family while they watch this dysfunctional family um yeah it's gonna be rental for me too um i i would also place it higher than some of those other blumhouse films um that we reviewed uh but i i think that it's def- this is a film that definitely starts stronger than it ends and once both of the two characters in the story know what's what the other character knows it sort of loses some of its grip because i think the strength of this is 
who knows what um and when did they know it or whatever <laughs> um and and yeah i it's 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 definitely got some enjoyable parts and i think it's a fun film to watch um but yeah it doesn't stand out to me as a great thriller that we will be returning to in the near future but yeah, that is going to be the end of the non-spoiler section of this review. Um, Stephen Miller, people want to find you throughout the week. Where can they do that? Uh, people can find me at twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so on Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning, facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning, or instagram.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to run, so hopefully you're enjoying that. Um, we are going to let that soundtrack fade up, and when that soundtrack fades away, we will be in spoiler territory. So, unless you want, like, a syringe full of who knows what jabbed into your neck, you're probably going to want to tune out. <laughs> All right, we are back. This is Spoiler Territory. It's the after part of our review of Run. Um, we are going to be talking full-blown spoilers for it. So as I said, if you don't want to get incapacitated, watch out. Spoilers are coming at you quite fast, starting now. Um, there was a point you were going to make in the main review, Stephen, and then you backed away from it to hold off till spoilers. What were you going to talk about? Yeah, well, so I was going to say... I think my favorite part of the movie, which is actually double impressive now that I know that the lead actress is actually wheelchair bound in real life, is when there's a moment when Sarah Paulson knows without a shadow of a doubt that her daughter is onto her and she has locked her in her room and then driven away to presumably go do something. And the daughter has to kind of problem solve to like get out of this room that she has been locked in. Yeah. Um, And it involves her among other things like hoisting herself onto the roof and kind of like crawling and pulling herself through another window and then getting back and doing all these things. And uh, I thought like that looked very realistic in a very like painful way. Like, like I was really afraid for her, like that she was going to fall off or something. Um, And now I I feel like knowing, I, I guess I don't know, you know, the actress's exact disability but like assuming she can't really control her legs very well like that takes some like guts to like do that in front of a camera like that's got to be pretty like i i don't know that's got to be like stressful acting yeah <laughs> like you like you're literally just dragging yourself across a roof especially <laughs> um, with a mouthful of water <laughs> exactly yeah which the water i i was wondering why she had it in her mouth like i that was another time when i rewound before it hit the point where she uses it where i was like yeah did i miss why she did this um but then when she did i was like eh, i get what you're doing that's cool it's clever yeah. i feel like you could have so, just punched it but like this is yeah. a way to do it too <laughs> but that, so that's the thing is like this film does a bunch of things that it thinks is very clever but then if you just back up and look at it like one step further back, you just kind of go like, what? <laughs> like, like that scene, right? So let's assume that she knows that her mother always keeps her window shut 
and she's expecting the window to be shut. And she's like, I know soldering iron, heat up the window with a little crack and then spit cold water on it, which, by the way, is no longer cold because it's been in your mouth as you struggle to crawl across a roof. But we'll speak that you aside. You don't know right her now. diseases, what that does to her <laughs> mouth temperature. <laughs> True, I don't. But just to say this piece of shit. <laughs> we'll just say that she's so she's so smart and has such foresight that she will string together a bunch of of surge protectors and get a blanket to crawl over through the window and and bring this uh soldering iron and do all this stuff but she won't go and i should get an inhaler <laughs> like mm. it just seemed like yeah so that is true because as an asthmatic i when i have to take the trash out to the trash chute which is on my floor it's just like down the hall turn right yeah. I always put my inhaler in my pocket. Like that is how much I'm like, well, I'm always going to have it with me if I ever go anywhere where a door is involved. Yeah. Um, and, th- and that's the thing yeah. too is it's an easy solve. Have her bring the inhaler and halfway across the roof, she goes to get out of her pocket and drops it off the edge of the roof. It's an easy solve. Right. Just like yeah, there's no again. reason to have her forget it. You can still have the same tension of her having to try to crawl back through the house, open her door and get to a second inhaler. But it just seems strange that like... That whole thing is so elaborate, yet she forgets the inhaler. Yeah, I I agree, but I still, I enjoyed, because that was kind of the first time, well, well no, before that, there's the, the movie in supermarket, or sorry, the movie in pharmacy scene, which I think is like the first time the film is showing us anything except for the interior of the house. Yeah. Uh, but for some reason, the second time when it like pulled out and she's on the roof, I was like, oh, the world is getting bigger now. This is exciting. Like <laughs> the map, you know, there's more stuff on the map for her to do. Yeah. Um, and it it did kind of carry a, a thrill to me. I do question the way she goes about her plan because she, you know, she wants verification that her mom is poisoning her, you know, and she iteratively gets more and more of that. Like first, clearly it was under her mom's name. Then she realizes it's been like peeled, like, you know, there's a peeled version and then there's like a fake version that was put on top of it. And then she calls a stranger to try to learn more about the medication. And in each of these things, she's like very time boxed. Like she has only like a couple minutes to do it because her mom is right there. Um, And I kind of feel like if if you strongly suspect at this point your mom is poisoning you, I... I don't even have an alternative offhand, but I feel like there's an easier alternative than like race to the pharmacy and ask the pharmacist to verify what drug your mom is giving you. Like, I I feel like there's something else you could do. Also, is this not the same pharmacist she hung up on when she called to ask the question the first time? I don't know. Maybe there's more than one lady that worked there. (laughs) But either way, because the girl or the the woman, the the old lady behind the counter recognizes her, right? Like, she's like, oh, how's it going? And that's why they have that conversation. So it's just funny to me. Uh, Yeah, it's just interesting. Also, are we supposed to believe that Sarah Paulson has discovered drugs that, like, have bad side effects but do every single thing that is listed as her daughter's issue like is there a drug with a side effect of asthma um like is the daughter perfectly fine or is it that the daughter does have some conditions and like like her legs not working is the one that her mom is drugging her for i mean i'm sure there are drugs that might mimic a side like a side effect that seems like asthma the question is where 
all the time she so that's one of the things that makes me so annoyed about this film is let's i understand the daughter has let, let's pretend this is a film in which the daughter has actual conditions for real her whole life she's had them but she is well enough adjusted to them now that she is able to move out on her own the mother could right. introduce stuff into her diet or literally just give her medications that make her worse that like you know like sort of a phantom th- thread sort of situation right phantom give her yeah, exactly yeah, like give her mushrooms and now like the mother has to take care of her right um spoilers for <laughs> phantom thread <laughs> um but but like just making her health deteriorate but let her have the, already had the conditions that would make total sense right like we can totally buy that and believe it um and it wouldn't be such a huge idea issue this film heavily implies that the daughter is perfectly fine but the mother Mm -hmm. has been doing stuff her entire life so like 18 years she has been well not 18 years because at some point in time one of her birthdays happened and she was running um but basically the mother since since kids are old enough to have diabetes, I guess, I don't know what age the onset happens, but like from that age, the mother has been mimicking all these signs and convincing the daughter that she's been sick the whole time. And I think that like that, that stretches things really, really far because obviously she had to have gone to doctors, right? They're like, it'd be one thing if she has some symptoms and a doctor goes like, Oh, well, shortness of breath. Here's an inhaler. And, uh, Ooh, that rash seems pretty bad. Um, here's some other pills for that. And, uh, Oh, diabetes. Let's, uh, give you insulin, whatever. Right. Like it, there, there's too many times she would have to see actual people whose job it is to diagnose illnesses. And they would not see the traces. Like they wouldn't do blood work and see all this other chemicals. And she's like, huh? well, we didn't figure out what's causing the diabetes, but uh, she's got 25 other drugs in her system, and I don't, don't know where those came from, right? I feel like one of the doctors she saw some point in her life would have pointed out that there's an issue, right? Yeah. Unless, yeah, you would think. Yeah, you, you would think it would not be indistinguishable from the real thing. And also, here's... I mentioned it in the main review. <laughs> the thing that annoys me the most is the backstory to this, in that um, the mother gave birth to a baby that died two hours after she gave birth to it. And she decided to steal another baby from the hospital. Are we to believe that making her child sick this whole time was a way of hiding the true identity of the child? Or is it just no? at some point she realized when she was five years old that one day she would want to move out on her own and started poisoning her from that age? Yeah, I, I think it's that one because it, it is clear one of the daughter's discoveries is that she was able to walk when she was like four or five. Yeah. So it seems clear that she didn't really start poisoning her until later. Um, so yeah, I think it's just a a slowly developed syndrome. But, th- but that also, again, to your point, it if we are to believe that over time, Sarah Paulson developed this, you know, psychosis... I think abducting a baby is like pretty high on the psychotic level already. Like, so yeah. she already did the really bad thing at the beginning. And, th- and that goes back to kind of how this movie, it doesn't always know how to set the levels correctly. Uh, for instance, there's a moment in this movie where the daughter 
gasps in horror as she discovers that her mom hid a acceptance letter from University of Washington in a trash can. And this moment happens while she is locked downstairs because her mom <laughs> killed the mailman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is true. And I like I think they're your priorities would be different. Like, I think at that point, I, I get, again, maybe when you're 17, you're like, wait, okay. But I could take you poisoning me for my whole life. I can take you murdering Ted the mailman. But, but college. But Stephen, that's the thing, though. It, it, all, it all comes back later on, right? So yes, the poisoning's bad, but the school's the thing she cares about. That's why when she's being rushed out of the hospital tied to a, a wheelchair, she's given up, right? She's just kind of like, uh, help me, uh, help me. I'm not going to do anything. But then... When she sees the poster for the college, which I guess is at the, I guess the college has a wing of the hospital and she sees, yep. she sees that poster and she's like, you know what? I can use my legs and she uses her legs to block the wheelchair. Yeah. So th- this is what made me really happy though in the movie. I was so afraid from the name just from the get-go that the movie's going to end <laughs> with, her, with her not only realizing that like she could use her legs but she would like walk or run away yeah. and i was going to be so mad because of course like that is a learned motor skill like you can't just like do that but i was the whole time i was preparing for this movie to do that and like make me completely lose it but i i think they pulled it off it was like a slight motion that she had to do instead yeah yeah but also the mother survives falling down those stairs barely oh and okay so there's the little like coda at the end too which is trying to do the thing of like you know flipping flipping things on their head or whatever um because it ends with a reveal that the daughter is now about to poison the mother as if you know this has always been a thing no i think she has been poisoning her since she was put in that hospital um mm. so she survives the fall and she's in some like correctional hospital place right and i think the daughter has been visiting her and forcing her to take all the pills the entire time and now mm. the mother has all the symptoms like she can't get out of bed and can't like she's because because she pulls out a thing from her mouth and it has like three different pills in it which are like the right. three pills that she was taking the whole time so i think she's literally because obviously she wouldn't want to see her and tell her about how her life's going. Um, so I think it's, and we know it's been at least nine months <laughs> since, since those events, because she's married now and, years, and talks about having a child. Right. Um, so I think literally she's been visiting her mother in this hospital and poisoning her for years, um, which is, I'll say it's a pretty but- good ending. So for her, she had to take these pills every day. The the stories she's describing to her mother sound like she can't be visiting more than like once a month. So how is she getting away with like I, so I, the I think she, she can fit in her like mouth? <laughs> I think she is visiting every day. And I think she's telling a bullshit story. Like she, not a bullshit story because I think it's 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 in fact. But she is telling it for anybody who might walk by and look in and see like oh she's telling her story again and the mother just has to listen to this story every day um and not mm-hmm. be able to do anything about it because unlike when the mother was taking care of her she's not helping her stretch and doing all this stuff she's just coming in talking to her for a little while and then regurgitating these pills 
and yeah, then forcing baby her to eat burning them. drugs in her <laughs> mouth. Yeah. Which that is also a learned skill. Like yeah. it's not it's not as gnarly as running if you've never run before. But like I can't just like regurgitate up like a few little pills that I've swallowed without like throwing yeah, but the up. The movie kind of plants that seed because it's part of her like routine every day and she has to like hack up stuff in the morning. Yeah, yeah. But it was it was interesting. <laughs> yep. Uh, any other spoiler things to talk about, Stephen? Uh, only what I said to you already right before recording, which is like, it, it, if I abducted a baby, I probably wouldn't save a newspaper clipping of the parents tearfully saying a stranger abducted their baby. Like oh, that yeah. just seems like a bad move, you know. No. You know, forget it and move on. You know, live in the now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and and my my reply to you before recording was I also wouldn't save the death certificate for the original baby that I lost before I stole this other person's baby. Um, yeah, I I also, by the way, probably rather than put a new like RX label on top of the old RX label, I would just peel off the old label first so the fact that i'm lying to my daughter isn't just like right there at all times or, or steven i got a better one for you don't peel off any labels empty out all the pills of one <laughs> pour it oh, into the other wow. container you're and good put the lid on that you're good i mean it's just saying also where does she get this other drug from this like this this uh dog tranquilizer drug oh she said I mean, it was from the pharmacy because she got it oh, for yeah, her yeah. dog, quote. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And, and conveniently, the pharmacy is a partner with the veterinary hospital. <laughs> sure. Uh, that was pretty, pretty fun. It, it, earlier on in the film, when when the scene first started happening, well, where she gets on the phone and tries to call a guy to help her Google for a thing. I was like, man, if you're going to have people Google for something, like, this shit better exist. So I, go- I pulled out my phone and I Googled for it. And the first thing was, like, a blog post from somebody talking about this film. And it's like, is this, mm-hmm. like, tidroxical whatever, a real drug? Um, and I was like, this isn't what I was looking for. Whatever. I'll skim through this article. And at some point, the person was talking about, like, and then this drug doesn't even exist for vets. And I was like, no, but the real drug wasn't called that. The whole thing was that it was replaced. So it uh, doesn't make any sense. Yeah, this drug is supposed to be little and red. <sighs> but anyways, I think I think that's probably all the thoughts we have um, to talk about tonight. I have to go run and steal a baby from the local hospital. Um, should be easy to get in and out. Um, yeah, and- no problem. Just cause a cold code blue. Make sure to bring your gun. Also, uh, that was the other thing that made me annoyed. It's actually a good plan the mother has, right? Go into some other room. Knowing her, she probably actually killed that patient instead of just unplugging all their shit. But here's the thing. When you pull all the the things that read your daughter's vital signs off of her, she goes code blue too. according to the machines right it wasn't like she turned off the machine first and then unplugged all the devices they show it going yep and then (laughs) and no nurses i guess that is a good point i guess hospitals could only have one code blue at a time (laughs) all right everybody no one else die we're in jim's room right now (laughs) 
Uh, that's it. Did you ever drink Pepsi Code Blue? <laughs> it's good shit. But yeah, I, I think I think we're done. I don't know how to gracefully. <laughs> I think we'll just end on the Pepsi Code Blue. Oh, it was actually Mountain Dew Code Blue. <laughs> they also had Code Red, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever had Mountain Dew Code Blue. I'm. For some reason, blue is always my favorite flavor of any of those sweet drinks. Don't know why. Okay, bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>